Welcome to the Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. Todd has over 35 years of experience working with thousands of couples as a licensed therapist in his private practice. Todd shares his insights on this show. It's never too early to divorce-proof your marriage or too late to heal yourselves and have the relationship you truly want. Hi, everybody. This is Todd Krieger. Today, I want to talk to you about communication strategies for overcoming trauma-related intimacy blocks. Very important subject, and I, I, I come up with these subjects a lot of times because of what I do you know, in my work days with individuals and couples and what I see that gets in the way. And I'm always very interested in barriers to love, and barriers to intimacy, and of course, trauma is a very important factor in what blocks couples from each other. Trauma is, uh, it creates self-protection. You know, when we've been traumatized, it means we've been injured in such a way that um, we've been hurt. And just like when you get physically hurt, you know, you get a, you, your, your, look at my hand, my hand swells up, let's say, eventually, it, it, all these things happen to protect you know, there's also calluses like on the feet that develop, where there are calluses that could develop. There's inflammation that happens emotionally as well when there's trauma. And it comes out as emotional walls and definitely blocks them intimacy. And I am going to be talking a little bit about um, trauma, both as what can happen as a child, but also uh, as trauma earlier in your relationship or in past adult relationships. They're all things that could interfere with intimacy, which is vulnerability, it's openness, it's connecting to each other with words and with touch, and anything that blocks that can be problematic. Now, therapy, such as uh, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, can be so necessary to help people heal from trauma. And I do a lot of work with people in relationships where trauma has interfered with getting close to each other. I'll do some of this EMDR, eye movement desensitization and processing work to help people move, move through trauma and help them be open and to claim their healthy uh, adult intimacy capacity. Again, that's important. However, what's also important for couples are communication, healthy communication. And that's what I want to talk to you about, strategies, communication strategies that will overcome these blocks. So um, it's, it's, just, it's as important as anything else. Uh, one of the things that research has shown is that one of the challenges that people have with trauma is not only the trauma itself, but the lack of being able to process it. So if you have someone who was abandoned a lot as a child, but they had somebody there that they could talk to about it, their trauma won't be as severe. Someone who was molested as a child. I had one story where um, a woman told, reported to me that as a child, she was molested by her stepfather, who threatened her not to say anything to her mother. I think she was like 
six, seven, or eight in that range. And she didn't listen to the stepfather anyway. And she went up to the mother and told her what the stepfather had just done. I mean, had just done it. It's inappropriate touching or whatever. It's been a long time, so I don't remember the specific story, but you could, I remember the highlights. And at this point, when the mother heard that from the daughter, she, she was totally tuned in and attuned to the child and listened. Attunement is a word I'm going to be talking about for the rest of this talk. She attuned to the child. In other words, let the child know, know I get you. That's scary. That was hard. I'm so sorry. You felt bad. I understand. And the child felt good about it. And then the adult, the mother in front of the child actually, called the stepfather into the room and said, you did this to my child. I'm going to divorce you. And I'm going to have you arrested, which she did, did both of those things. And this adult woman who said, you know, who had this experience when she was younger, she says, I, I had no trauma. There was no trauma, traumatic effect from that. I can believe it because it was so immediate. It was so quick and it was processed. So unprocessed trauma is really what leads to the longer term problems that people have. And ultimately these blocks the intimacy. So if, if I could have a partner where I could uh, tune in and be attuned to if I'm the person who was traumatized and if I'm the partner of the partner who was traumatized and I am willing to listen and tune in, we are going to have a relationship that uh, will not be inhibited by past trauma. We'll have intimacy that won't be inhibited. Now, the problem with this kind of communication strategies is it's difficult because of defenses. There's, well, there's two things that we'll talk about. The person who has the trauma, and sometimes both people might have their own traumas, but let's say one person uh, has, the, has some trauma they've had as a child or as, an, or as a younger adult or earlier in their relationship that is preventing them from being intimate with their partner that person is going to have defenses, those calluses I talked about, those, that inflammation. Another way of looking at it is with the brain, that the part of the brain that stores traumatic memory is the amygdala. It's the alarm system of the brain. It goes, oh, there's a problem. So let's say you're a person who was abandoned as a child and your partner forgot your birthday. Now that's disappointing, but that could trigger that childhood part of you that felt abandoned. And so you might react much stronger than if you weren't abandoned as a child. So the amygdala hijacks the rest of you and it, you reliving that, that trauma. So what's the best strategies to deal with that particular situation, just as an example, right? Now, one of the other blocks, so the block for the partner uh, who's traumatized is getting triggered and then defensive, you know, a fight or flight or freeze response because they experience it as a threat. But what we want is for her or him to talk it out 
but these defenses can take over. So the person who is traumatized has to become aware that these defenses can take over and then elevate oneself and talk about what it is that's going on with them. And I'll give you a, a very specific strategy to use, exercise to use uh, for that. The partner's block, I call it the be like me philosophy. You're supposed to be like me. If I haven't been traumatized and you forgot something, you forgot my birthday, I might be a little disappointed, but why are you reacting so strongly to that and can be judgmental? So it's the be like me. Be like me. No, it's not. That, that person's If that person's reacting in a way of protection, closing down, fight, flight, freeze, fight, maybe yelling, flight, just saying, I need space from you. Uh, um, uh, freeze would be more like just a total shutdown, depression that might happen from that. It's like, oh my God, I just forgot your birthday. I'm so sorry, but come on. Could you get over it? Come on, I'm a good guy. Look at all the things I've done for you. Right? That's actually more of a block. That is not effective. Not an effective strategy to overcome trauma-related intimacy blocks. So what we need to do instead is a partner who had the traumatized partner react that way is to attune. Attunement is I am going to, I am interested in what you're experiencing, even if I don't quite understand it, even if it's not the way I would have reacted. You're a different person from me. You're reacting a certain way. I am interested in what's going on with you. And I am going to let you know that I'm interested. You're going to feel in your body that I'm interested in knowing what's going on with you. So if I am coming from instead the standpoint of, come on, just get over it. It's not a big deal. It actually increases the trauma in a way. It, it doubles down on it because not only am I triggered because it reminds me all the times I was abandoned as a child. You forgot my birthday, but now you're dismissing my feelings. And it, it feels like a further abandonment. So it's an understandable reaction, but it's not what we need. Um, and just before I go into the actual communication strategies, there are different kinds of trauma. Uh, I mentioned abandonment. Um, when a person is abandoned, uh, uh, kind of the cousin to that is neglect. So in, in those cases, the person that forgot the birthday, that might get triggered. There's also um, verbal abuse. So if if a person is traumatized by verbal abuse, uh, if, if one's partner elevates their volume even a little bit, even if they're not yelling, it might be experienced as yelling to the other person. Closed down, blocked intimacy, not talking about it. Attachment issues, attachment trauma and deficiencies. If a person grew up in a household where uh, they were traumatized because they had helicopter parents. It was too much, too much attachment, too much investment. If you come on to 
strong to me physically or even with words, I might just push you away, right? That's attachment. Or the other side of it is if I was brought up in a family where I was left alone, uh, it could trigger that if, if, you, if you leave me alone, if you're not listening to me, if you're not sensitive to what I'm going through, it gets my childhood um, lack of, you know, like I was left to deal with my pain all by myself kind of thing. It's again, related to abandonment, but it's more of a subtler, because sometimes people don't look like they're abandoned, but in terms of attachment, in terms of tuning in, that's what I mean by attachment, tuning into the child when they're in pain or not, um, by not giving the child that connection or not giving the child the space when they need it, either one can create, it can be a trauma over time if it's done over and over again. They call them a bunch of little T's traumas, like over and over. Uh, in, in an intimate relationship, that uh, if there's too much space or not enough space, it could trigger that. So I'm just saying, I'm trying to name the different types of um, childhood and even earlier uh, adult trauma that could lead to blocks to intimacy. And then sexual abuse, which I think I'm going to give a different whole separate talk on sexual abuse because um, that also has to do with touch and there's some specific things that I'll get into with that. But sexual abuse, of course, uh, can lead to um, a closing off or protection. It could bring back the feelings, bad feelings from what happened. So strategies. The important thing for the person as a listener who, or, or as the receiver, the person who has their partner who is traumatized. So I would say the less traumatized or non-traumatized partner. I'll say it like that. Needs to learn how to drop their agenda and not say be like me. Not say react like me. Don't insist on the traumatized partner to be rational. The amygdala does not respond to reasoning. So if that person's amygdala has hijacked them and took them over and they're in that traumatized place and they're shutting you out or yelling, I'm not saying you should take abuse from yelling, but you at the same time need to let the person know, I am here for you. I'm interested. I'm curious about what you're feeling. And you want to be able to get to the underlying pain rather than just react to the fight or the flight or the freeze. Like what's going on with you right now? And you have to drop your agenda. Don't try to get them to get over it. Don't try to get them to be rational. Don't try to get them to see how wonderful you are. This is a time for you to attune right now in their here and now experience. For the person who has been betrayed, who maybe gets triggered, it's important to know that that could happen and to do your best to name it, to talk it out to express, this is what's going on with me right now. This is how I'm feeling. I want to push you away so bad right now, but don't just, just, you're talking it out. And then you want to do an exercise together that I call playing catch. Playing catch is simply unlike 
the way a lot of people deal with difficult conversations where they either avoid it entirely or I take my creative tennis balls and you take your creative tennis balls and throw in a lot of balls in the air, but no one's catching them. And playing catch is one ball, two people. I throw the ball to you, you catch it. I throw the ball in a way that lets you catch it. And I listen to you that makes you want to throw it. So basically, it's like this. Person, the person who has been traumatized shows some symptom, fight, flight, fight, flight, or freeze. <clears throat> the other person drops their agenda and says, wow, you're acting right now like you're upset or you're threatened in some way. What's going on? And you're asking that person to throw the ball to you, basically. In other words, express themselves. And they express themselves, they go, well, I'm, I'm feeling really disappointed that you forgot my birthday. And it just seems like I'm never important to anybody. This is an example, which is the childhood part of her or him that is uh, being expressed. The other person drops their agenda, like I said, and tunes in because the head is going, wait a second, I think you're important. How could you say that about me? But I dropped my agenda. Okay. So what you're saying is, and you do active listening. So what you're saying is that I forgot your birthday and it makes you feel like you're just not important. And then your partner will go, yes, or nod or something. And then you say, tell me more. Because that might not be all of it. Still throwing the ball to you, you're still catching it. You're not there yet. Tell me more. And then that person tells you more. Maybe they do. Maybe they say, no, that's it. Or maybe they go, maybe they cry. But you're actually attuning to them. You're giving them permission to feel. You're giving them permission to identify what they're feeling. You're giving them uh, uh, permission to share their feelings. And they say what they say, and you go, oh, and so what you say, active listening, it's really helpful. So what you're saying is this, yes, tell me more. No, that's it. Okay, that is an attunement. That creates an environment where that person is now processing what happened, and the block to intimacy is starting to come, become unblocked. Now, at that point, when you've caught a ball in this playing catch game, the person who is traumatized, if they're up to it, can say, oh, so, um, okay, what's going on with you? Well, it was just hard for me because I just did forget your birthday, and, I, I, and you know, I, I never have before, and I really love you, and you're very important, and it was hard for me to hear. Okay, so what you're saying is it's hard for me to hear that, it's hard for you to hear that I treated you like the people in my life that truly did abandon me, and it made you feel really bad. Yes. Tell me more. That's how it goes. So that's that would be what I'd, what I'd say. So you want to be patient. Uh, you want to have faith that by being an empathic listener, you're helping. And this is a person who is who hasn't been traumatized or less traumatized. You, you know, don't expect instant gratification here, but just know that if you do that, it's going to really help. Help. The other thing is, both of you should keep correcting. When you do the, the old behaviors, it doesn't change overnight. If there's a fight, flight, freeze reaction, and then uh, the partner doesn't respond well, you want to, as a couple, say, let's give it a, 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 a chance. We want to deliberately and consciously try to work through these traumas and stay connected to each other. 
Do it over and over until you learn how to stay attuned to each other more and more. Remember, it's not a time to solve problems, and it's not a time for the person who was triggered uh, to get over it. It's a time for attunement. That's it. It's about attunement. And that paradoxically, by not insisting on getting over it, slowing down and processing it is the best way to get over it. So I just wanted to share all those things with you about how to um, use communication strategies to overcome trauma-related intimacy blocks. Uh, I hope this is helpful to you. I think it's very important in terms of uh, continually hanging in there and, and developing the discipline to not go with your first response. And it's important to know that as you guys connect through the pain of the trauma and through the pain of the trauma, of the pain of the partner who doesn't have the trauma or less traumatized, if you can stay connected through that and you play catch, good things happen. And you spend less time stuck in the traumatic experiences and more time now to just be more in the here and now and being, uh, you know, being a loving couple. Thank you for listening. This is Todd Krieger, making the world safe for love. That's it for today's episode of Let's Talk About Love, Sex, and Infidelity Podcast with your host, Todd Krieger. For free resources and materials, head over to toddkrieger.com. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you.